Cam Oshavav Wild Rose announces that the price of our Machach program for 10th graders is now subsidized and reduced to only $2,000 for four weeks, from July 22nd to August 18th. Now a great program has become even more attractive. If you're looking for a summer experience for your child, building friendships, learning and having fun with campers from across the United States, call us at 847-674-9733 or visit www.moshavawildrose.org. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. We appreciate you dialing in this hour to the Noahide Nation show right here on Israel National Radio. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and Adam Penrod, who recently got married and was on his honeymoon, is currently still uh, settling into the married life. So I'm going to be handling the ship myself today. And we certainly look forward to having Adam back next week. So what I thought we would do, if you all had tuned in last time or been downloading the archived shows, you listened to the Noahides uh, that I interviewed at the VJRI 2009 conference. And what I wanted to do was go ahead and throw some more in uh, today because the ones last week were pretty good and the ones this week are, are just as good, if not better. So I wanted to go ahead and, and throw those in and, and give you an opportunity to to hear from more Noahides. However, I do want to let you know that Adam and I, once he's back, we have a, a bang-up line of interviews uh, coming up. And just to kind of give you an idea, we've got the author, Wayne Simpson, who has just released uh, his new book titled Noah. Founder of Civilizations, and that ought to be an excellent and revealing interview. Uh, we also have a gentleman by the name of Doug Taylor, who was also a Noahide. Uh, he is a Torah teacher, a longtime Noahide, and is uh, uh, putting together a book called The Fundamentals of Torah for Non-Jews. So that, too, should be a, uh, another interesting interview. And we also have coming up Rabbi Kayim Richman, who you are all probably familiar with from his Temple Talk show. Rabbi Richman is the International Director of the Temple Institute. He is going to join us and talk to us about the Temple and what it means for the Gentiles of the world, what it means for the nations. And then we also have a Rabbi Raphael Shore. And if you've been listening to Israel National Radio, you've heard him before, as he is the producer of the movie Obsession, which uh, discusses the Islamic war against the West. And Rabbi Shore has a new release coming out, and it is called The Third Jihad. And my friends, this is going to be a power-packed hour that you're going to want to invite your friends, neighbors, relatives, people you don't even know to sit in on this interview and then hopefully right after the interview get a hold of this DVD and show it to all of those same folks because my friends it is an eye opener just as big an eye opener as Obsession was this one takes it even further and there is some startling information that is revealed. 
So in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and get back into these interviews with Noah Hides, but I wanted to kind of get you prepped for a good many of our upcoming shows, and we've got a lot more to follow all of that. So make sure that you stay tuned in, and here are some more interviews with Noah Hides from the VJRI 2009 conference. George, my friend, come on over here and sit down. You've uh, uh, been running around here at the conference. I haven't been able to track you down and finally get you to the chair. I'm going to nail you right in there for about 10 minutes. Sounds good. George, how you doing? Doing great. How you, how you liking the conference? I love it. Well, I know you had uh, a great lecture uh, yesterday on one of the seven Ohio laws, and that's establishing the courts of justice. And as we all recall, uh, you are, are quite well endowed in, in that side of things. You're a martial arts instructor. You've taught many of our armed forces. You've taught law enforcement. And if anyone could speak on justice, it would certainly be you. Uh, thank you. Uh, yes, I've uh, worked with uh, a lot of law enforcement teaching self-defense and, you know, the Air Police, OSI, FBI. <laughs> That's uh, quite the list. I'm glad you're on our side. Uh, I noticed he had a lot of your crew here from your congregation. Uh, looked like, what, about 30 people, 30, maybe more? Yeah, about 30. So how's your group doing? Uh, we're up to about uh, 35 adults, maybe 10, 15 kids. Really? Yes, sir. Well, the kids uh, is, a, is a, a great thing to hear about. Because uh, we definitely need that in, to, to, to liven the, the whole thing with the Noahide movement. We need to keep uh, refilling the blood flow, as, as it were. I think what you're doing in Waco is just unbelievable. We've got a lot of great people. I've had a lot of them on the air here. And they're just uh, friendly as can be. And it, it's great to be able to commune, so to speak, uh, here at this event. It's been a, a great event. Yes, it has. Uh, there's been quite a bonding, not only with our group, but with all the other groups together. And, you know, we're all part of one body, one group. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got your congregation. I'm going to uh, go ahead and mention this right now for those of you who don't know it. George also does a Shabbat service uh, with his congregation on Saturday mornings, and it is also carried live in the Noahide Nations Torah Learning Center. And I go in there regularly, and I remember when we first started, you know, there were a couple people that showed up, maybe three people. And now, you know, I, I go in there, and there's 20, 30 people. Just uh, on the computer side of things, out in cyberspace, all sitting in on your service. So we have grown as a result of your work as well. So thank you for that. Well, we are just honored to be a part of, of Noite Nation because we feel like this is uh, definitely one of the main tools that Hashim is using to bring all the Noites together. And it's also helping other people form friendships and uh, other groups as uh, they find online people in their area and uh, so night nation is one of the top i think it is the top connector for different groups and uh, opportunities to come and learn the torah especially if you're by yourself and you don't have a group right it's right opportunity to be a part of something and to uh, let it grow until it becomes other groups Exactly. I know that you and I did have a, an opportunity to talk about a few things regarding the Noahide movement. So where where do you think we need to go? I mean, we've talked about Avraham and the way he did things and, and how he was recognized by the sages for that attribute of, of you know, beyond just kindness, but uh, being able to teach and share with others. Where, where do we go from here as Noahides? Where do we go? Well, I think that the key is just like Abraham. That's our example. And uh, is what we do on Friday nights is we have a, 
a service, uh, a study service, mm-hmm. uh, where you know people teach each other. This right here, one is receiving, one's giving. So it's kind of a mitzvot that both of them get an opportunity to give and receive. So we teach, learn, and kind of test over the material. Uh, we use uh, a keeper program, which is a different color keeper for every. Oh, every okay. Segment. So you have kind of the martial arts uh, uh, thinking in there too. Now I, I'm not real familiar with uh, martial arts, but when they are learning moves, uh, you obviously you have one person and an opposing person, mm-hmm. and they take turns. One is delivering the blow or trying to, and the other is defending. And so you've got kind of that give and take. Exactly. So you can see where there's kind of that philosophy is carrying over very nicely on the Noahide teaching side of things. And yes. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, scriptures teach us that, you know, uh, if I'm not for myself, who will be? In other words, you know, no one can study Torah from me. No one can eat from me. But if I'm only for myself, what am I? In other words, I, I would be selfish, and it, we need to be selfless. So we're, we we have to be selfish to receive the word, but we have to be selfless to give the word out because that's how you get uh, closer to Hashem is you have to give kindness because the there's three pillars, justice, Torah, kindness. And uh, our service, our justice right. and service, of course, is prayer. Right. So you got receiving, giving, and prayer. And uh, you have to grow in those areas. And that's what we try to do to keep the people balanced as we uh, teach. And we also teach Hebrew classes also. So. Uh, oh, you're teaching, teaching Hebrew, the language? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Michelle, is uh, she can speak it. Good. Really? Oh, yeah, I had no idea. You've been holding out on me. <laughs> I didn't know that she could speak Hebrew. Yes. So well, she, She's a sweetheart, too, because I know she does a lot of uh, work for you to kind of help hold things together. Because when the group starts getting you know large like yours mm-hmm. is, I mean, you can't can contain everything that goes on. The energy alone has got to be something. But I know she's the one that works the computers on, on Saturday, and, and she's uh, there responding to people if they have questions uh, or asking you a question if they happen to be asking questions. So I know that Michelle plays a, an integral role, but now that I know she teaches Hebrew, oh, we'll have to be talking to her. <laughs> yes, I yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got people who help you in all areas, and there's no way you can have a group without leaders. And, you know, and uh, this is the thing that's important. And we all have a part, and we all have a part to play. But uh, one of the things we, we need to do is make sure that we remember the importance of evangelizing. And I, I don't mean that in a Christian way. Just right. Like, but we need to get the Torah out so this could grow this movement and uh uh sometimes you know i was telling you if when you look into a mirror what do you see if if, when you interface with yourself if you just see you you're missing the point you're not going to get close to (laughs) you got to see you're part of a big you know a, a movement and and you're you're part of a whole and you know part of the body right and uh as a part of that you need if part of the body needs help 
you know, if there's part in the clepa or, you know, right. you need to get it out. And right. the way you get it out is the, the antidote is the Torah. You have to give the Torah, because, <laughs> you know, for a virus. Yeah, it cures a multitude of, uh, of problems. That's it. You know, it's interesting you use that word evangelism. You know, for a lot of folks, that's a, a scary word because we know where it comes from. But I, I guess we should maybe rename it. You know, rather than doing it the Christian way, we do it the Abrahamic way. That's it. I agree. It's, because the sages you know, clearly acknowledge him for this sort of attribute, his ability to, to extend kindness. He and, and, and his wife, their tent flaps were always open, and he was always ready, willing, and able to share and teach about Hashem, his creator. Right, and not only the Scripture says that the love of God loved him because of three things. One, he, he gave the Torah. Two, he taught it not only to his house, his children, but also to his household and everyone that came. And then he also taught righteousness and, and, and charity. And, you know, kindness is all in there and, and, and charity. They work hand in hand. That's the key. That's what he did. That's how, uh, as Noah hides, we should be. We should be willing to share in that light and don't be like a candle, you know. Right. You need to start stepping out of the shadow a little bit. Right. You you know, you have to add wax. You have to add that Torah. But then you need to be a light. You know, just as uh, we've talked many times when Jews do not teach Gentiles, you know, it's turning off the light. Well, we do the same thing when we don't teach seekers. When we have that light, we also have to echo what the rabbis have taught us. Right. Because they can't do it all. Well, in a way, and, you know, sadly it's a harsh way, uh, we, we find that if we, if we do not take what we are learning from the light, from the rabbis, uh, we are almost being selfish, and you know, because yes, we're willing to receive for oneself, which okay, that's a good thing. But you have to also be willing to share for mankind. But if you don't do that, it clearly is being uh, se- selfish to not only yourself but to all the people around you and to Hashem, because that, my friends, is what it's all about. Yes, that's so, st- that would be stealing, you know. Right. <laughs> but the thing that people need to understand is when you hear something. You retain 5%. If you see it and hear it, it's 10%. But when you teach it, it's 95%. You want to know the Torah, teach it. Right. And not be afraid to teach it. I mean, let's face it, we all make mistakes. We all fall down. We just have to get up and brush ourselves off. But I believe that from, from the very beginning that the teacher is also simultaneously the student. It's inevitable. You, you cannot help but be learning while you're teaching. In fact, in martial arts, we have three things that you have to do every class. Teach, learn, and test. And the test is just to make sure that the quality is the same. Mm-hmm. But everyone teach, test, and learn. Because when you get get to be an instructor, you're supposed to be able to instruct. And it's the same. As we grow in, in maturity, you know, in levels, you go from a beginning level to an intermediate level, then you should be in an instructor level. Right. And uh, instructors can instruct. The rabbis are like the senseis. They right, give the right. material. The brown belts are the instructors, and they teach it to the bulk of the class. Right. And the black belts introduce new new uh, techniques. Well, that's a great way to uh, look at it. Well, listen, I know you need to scoot. I, I really appreciate you sitting down here. I know when we did the last full-blown, 
phone interview with you for the hour show. Uh, we got a lot of response. People really uh, liked listening to you, like what you had to say. And many of them, I don't know if you've gotten any emails, but I know I've gotten emails, are still trying to figure out a way to become part of your congregation, and they don't even live in Texas. So. Uh, that's exciting. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and this, you know, if that enthusiasm will carry over into Torah, Wow, we have something then. Right, and if we carry it over into all of the states and outside the states to the, 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 the bordering countries to overseas, that's what we've got to be doing. And you've got a great success rate at doing that. So uh, hopefully we can have you come back and maybe we can learn more about how you're doing that and the success story that you already have, see how that evolves. Well, we I sure thank you for inviting me on. Also, uh, the enthusiasm that we get from uh, nations and the enthusiasm that your instructors have, this is contagious. And, you know, if you want people to uh, receive Torah and get excited about it, you first have got to get excited about it. And then you've got to get excited about teaching it. And uh, once you start doing that, then you start getting close to Hashem. Right. And that's when you feel the gratification also. Well, when, when you see people responding, growing, learning and being satisfied with them, with themselves. And oftentimes that satisfaction comes from sharing with others. And I'll guarantee you, all you got to do is try it once. Try it once and you'll be hooked. Because the world's starving for truth. Yes. You know, we, we've all inherited lies. There's nothing like seeing a, uh, you know, now when, you, when we're teaching and, and people, if we see that they're seekers, then we speak to them. You know, there's a difference between proclaiming and explaining. And it, when you, you know, you should explain to the people you're talking to and not just proclaim. And if someone's proclaiming to you, then they're not really a seeker. And, and you got to know, you know, when and how to uh, explain. But every everything you do should be in explaining and not just trying to uh, proclaim how much you know. You probably figured this out by now. You can see I'm trying to keep you here a little bit longer because nah. the more you talk, the more we learn. So, listen, I'm going to let you go. You. I know you need to scoot, Appreciate George. It. Thanks so much for stopping by and saying hi to the folks. Oh, excited about it. Thank you, sir. You take care. Bye-bye. And, folks, we're still here at the Noahide Conference here in beautiful Green Family Camp. It's a Jewish-owned operation, and we're just having a great time here. And I ran into a friend of mine who I've seen in a number of these, Tim, come on in here. Say hello to the listeners. How you doing, man, buddy? Everyone's uh, uh, doing great because I know with all these interviews that we're doing, they love this the most, hearing from the Noahides. So I'm glad you could take the time to, to stop by and say hey and, and tell us a little about yourself. Now, uh, I, I know you're obviously at this conference. How many of these conferences have you been to? This is my third one consecutive. Your third one consecutive. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you're part of uh, George Brock's group, right? That's correct. Oh, Waco, Texas. Okay. Well, George, uh, we had him uh, on uh, an entire show. In fact, George was great. Uh, people wrote in. They really loved him. In fact, there were a number of people trying to figure out how to join his congregation, but they don't even live in Texas. So you've been to three of these. How long have you been in Ohio? Uh, I'd say off and on probably about six, seven years. And actually recognize that we are, we were one about four years ago. <laughs> okay. I know, you know that saying? feeling. I know that feeling. We were pra- doing the practices up to that point, but then actually got like the title or the we name. found out what the name of it was. the yeah. name was about four years ago, I guess. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, uh, you have a daughter, right? Yes, I have a 19-year-old daughter, a 21-year-old daughter, and a 15-year-old son. 
Okay. Now, the one that is with you here. That's my niece. That's your niece. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's Stacy? Stacy. Okay. She know how it? Yes. Oh, excellent. Now, is she uh, enjoying the conference? Oh, she loves it. She loves going to them every time. Great. Now, I also know that with George, uh, on Saturdays, we also do a live Shabbat service there at your congregation in Waco, but also online at the Noahide Nations Torah Learning Center. That's great. And I know that there's a lot of people online. How many folks show up on uh, Saturday at your place? We've got probably on average around 20. Yeah. And that's week after week after week? Oh, yeah, consistently. What about the uh, festivals? You all celebrate the festivals too, right? Yes, then we end up getting closer to around 65. Really? Well, I remember uh, the last Rosh Hashanah uh, that we did. Uh, Unbeknownst to me, you guys were celebrating Rosh Hashanah. I think Russell told me there was probably 60 or 70 people there. Yeah, we had a lot of people. And we had our own group in the same area, and we had like 50 or 60 people. We should have probably just combined Combined the groups and been a small army down at the river. (laughs) So it's good to know that that there's so many people that are are becoming Noahides in in realizing the value and the importance of of celebrating the uh, festivals. Because Rosh Hashanah is known as the Day of Creation. It's uh, a very important element uh, concerning all of us being here. So what, what was it, Tim, that caused you to become a Noahide? Was was there something in your previous religious practice you were questioning, or how, how did this all happen? Well, I'd say more than anything is that when I was growing up, I was uh, raised as a Lutheran, and I had to go through the three years in school to be confirmed and, right. you know, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it never set right with me, the things that were being preached, and I felt like there was something that was wrong at that time, but I could never put a finger on what it was. Right. I believe now what the situation was is I feel like in a lot of times when you go to services or churches that you're given selected material repeatedly Mm -hmm. and don't dare ask any questions. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And even being raised by my mom, it's like you don't need to go to any type of counselors or anything. You go to the pastor and whatever he says that's it. Right. And I've just always felt like there's there's more to it than that. You know what I'm saying? Got to be. Absolutely. And when I started find, finding out more and more about the truth, I started seeking the truth. And the more I seek the truth, the more I realize that we inherited lies. Right. And it's been a hardship for me as far as my family is concerned because I feel like I'm chiseling at a piece of clay chip by chip each year. Right. But I am getting a face now. You know what I'm Good. saying? I'm starting to get somewhere... As far as them practicing or coming to any of the functions that we do or any of the services, no. But the minute, minute I get home after a service, I minister to my family. So they're getting it if they, right. if well, they leave well, home or not. Whether yeah. they like it or not. <laughs> because to me, the way I look at everything is that it's all going to boil down to what we know as the truth. Yes. And we will be judged by our knowledge of truth. Right. And I feel like regardless of all the struggles we have with our families and like like the scripture says, not only will you be shunned by your society, chances are you'll be ostracized from your own family. Oh, yeah. And we live that. Well, But I the think- way I look at it, though, is that in the future, I feel like by what we're doing, that we're giving our families opportunities. Right. And I feel like sometimes, no matter how hard it is, you have to weigh out what's more important is doing what God says right. or doing what your family says. And sometimes, no matter how painful it is, in spite of them, We have to be consistent, and we have to keep on forging forward for their sakes also. 
Well, folks, we're going to go ahead and interrupt the interview with Tim so that we can take our regular bottom-of-the-hour break. We certainly hope that you're going to stick around and come back to us on the other side. So we'll see you then. Controversial. You would prefer a Jew embracing I'll Christianity tell you what happened. I, than a secular Jew. It's political. That's a lie. Jews for Jesus is founded by Christians. Listen, they Jews couldn't for Jesus. I don't like the organization. Oh, now you say I'm that. talking about the individuals. It's spiritual. That's the way life is now. Yeah, I got breakfast in the morning, laundry is being done, and you just get into a pattern of taking life for granted. And it's live. It's a light unto the nations with Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel. Downloadable as a podcast on IsraelNationalRadio.com. I gotta get in shape. I gotta call Michael Barrison at Jerusalem Fitness. 054-625-0269. Shalom. You've reached Michael Barrison, Jerusalem Fitness. You've taken the first step toward health and wellness. Please leave us a message and we will get back to you to schedule your free consultation. That's Michael Barrison, Jerusalem Fitness, for classes, personal trainers, and more on Pierre Kennig Street in Jerusalem. Call Jerusalem Fitness at 054-625-0269. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show here on Israel National Radio. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and we've been listening to Noahide, Tim Nelson, share his journey with us. And I'd like to go ahead and jump back into that right now. You, you bring up an, an excellent point that we all seem to go through, but it's the kind of thing that it's like watching the news. It doesn't really affect us directly. We just read about it. And when we read the Torah, we, we find out how the Jewish people are to be set apart. Mm-hmm. And we read it, and, you know, we okay, we see the word, and we have a uh, you know, margin of understanding. But we don't fully comprehend it until we find out we're Noahides, and we decide we're going to share that with our family or yeah. our friends or our coworkers. And then we find out for the first time in our lives, possibly, what the word separated means. Yep. Because yep. I've gone through the same thing, and virtually every guest that we've had on our No Hide Nation show has expressed the same thing. And, you know, in various terms, it's a roller coaster ride, it's a, any number of things. But at the end of the day, it all boils down to one thing being set apart. Yep. And it wasn't by design. It's not like in the Torah where they t- he tells Jewish people to be set apart. We find ourselves in that situation, and it's mm-hmm. tough. It's it's not an easy thing. Well, also because of the fact that we're not, I feel like, in any aspect Jewish, and we're not totally Gentiles. Right. So we are getting <laughs> from both sides. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're like, <laughs> like a sandwich stuck in the middle, you know. But the thing is, like um, George was teaching us in um, Friday night classes and stuff, that the most important thing is, is that you recognize who you are, you know, just as far as like even on a plain sense, okay? The Jewish person's going to be the pilot. Right. We are the attendants. We will not be flying the plane. And the faster that we accept that and try to do what we want to, we want to do what is the truth, but what God wants of us. And by us trying to do things, and we want to emulate the Torah, not emulate the Jew. Right. Because when we start trying to emulate the Jew, then what we're doing is we're putting ourselves under obligations that we shouldn't be putting ourselves under, I feel right. like. 
Yeah. yeah. And there's no sense uh, uh, competing for them or with them for top spot because, you know what, there really isn't a top spot in Hashem's book. Not at all. They have a role that is a difficult role. We as Noahides have a role, and I've had many Jewish people tell me that, quite frankly, in their eyes, our role might even be more difficult Mm -hmm. because it's our responsibility to take the light that they provide and spread it to the nations, Mm -hmm. which when you get right down to it, that means create world peace. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to order. talk about a task? <laughs> I'm telling you what—that's a tall order. So I've had a you know a number of Jewish people tell me that you know little did we know that we may in essence have the the tougher task. Even though the beauty of all this is, is our goals are the same. It's all one God. It's all one Creator. Our oh, roles yes, are just definitely. different in in terms of what our jobs are here in Hashem's creation. Well, I think one of the important things is, is as Scripture says. The Gentiles have inherited lies. It doesn't say that the Jews have. Right. So, I mean, there's something there, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's gotten to a point where I was, I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday, about what we were doing here yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was just funny because after I got done, we got done discussing everything, she's like, you know, the more and more that we sit down and talk, the more and more I realize that I have grown up in lies. Oh, now, boy. if it goes anywhere from that point, hopefully, you know, it'd be great. But the point is, is that the first thing is recognition. Absolutely. And if it's being recognized, endless possibilities are possible. You know? <laughs> well, look what's happened already. I oh, mean, I agree. I'm I sure agree. In, in your mind to, to uh, hear her make that statement was probably bewildering to you. I mean, you probably never thought that. I never expected to hear, to hear it. Exactly. Not at all. So when it does, it's like, oh, gosh, what do I do with this? I never thought to hear hear that. And yet, that's exactly what you're trying to do. And all you're really doing is sharing Hashem. Yep. You're sharing the beauty of Hashem, the love of Hashem, the mercy of Hashem with people who you love. That's the point. And, that's and, the whole point. The point is, is that we want to be in the middle. We want to be balanced. We want to be to a point where... We're not going off into the strict side right? or the real compassionate side. If you go off to the strict side, you're more concerned about all the things you can't do. If you go off into the kindness side, you're more concerned about things that you can do. Right. It's important that you stay in the middle and realize what you can and what you can't do. Exactly. You, know? you have to come to that recognition. Mm-hmm. And all too often, I found in, in the Nohide movement, people haven't gotten to that point yet. It's almost like uh, they don't know what the the parameters are. And oftentimes the rabbis themselves don't know what those parameters are. What are the boundaries? Are there any boundaries? They're still to this day trying to figure those things out. Uh, They figured out a great deal. And as a result of that, the Nohide movement has been able to, to grow and prosper, even on a small scale. And by prosper, I mean more young people coming into to the movement, which is the only thing that's going to keep any movement alive, is, is youth. That's and right. hopefully we can raise our youth to be stronger Noahides than even we were, so that they can carry on with Hashem's work. That's correct. That's our future is our generations. That is. And at the end of the day, they take care of us, too. That's right. So it would be nice to, right. to be, be knowing what they're knowing. So, <laughs> But it's, it's difficult. Like with my son, my son was to a point where I, I'm divorced and I get him on visitation. And every weekend that I had him, I'd take him to service. Mm-hmm. And everything went good for about three, three and a half years. And the minute he turned 13, when they're talking about... In the scriptures about Levi being in the dark right. at thirteen, and, right. you know what I'm saying, right. and the evil inclination, the good inclination, warring 
in in the adolescent. That's why you have such difficulties with you know mm-hmm. teenage kids. I lived that because the second that he hit thirteen, that was it. We have just been kind of unspeaking to each other mm-hmm. because the way he looks at things is he's gotten to a point where growing up with the man-made holidays and stuff, everything has gotten to a materialistic point with him, and it's it's a matter of. What have you done for me lately? Yes, and what's and, coming tomorrow? And what's coming tomorrow? <laughs> and the way I look at it is, I mean, regard that's the hardest thing out of all of this, I would say, is my relationship with my son, What's it's caused. But I know that in my heart and I know that in the future and in the world to come that the struggles and the tribulations I'm going through right now will be surpassed by so much that, you know. Well, and Tim, you know, you've already done a lot of the work. Because one thing that I have found in talking to, to many Noahides who have gone through the same thing and now their kids are older raising their own kids is they find out that all the work that you've already done, that doesn't go away. They don't forget that. And when they find themselves in times of trouble, they'll return to that which they know. Or the old prodigal son kind mm-hmm. of story. Yeah. You know, and I know it's tough now because you're going through the storm mm-hmm. and it's batting down the hatches and hang on. But at the end of the day, I think you're going to find that he'll be a far stronger individual than he even is now because he's got to go through some of these life's tests. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's quite true. I mean, regardless of how hard it is, when I look at the whole situation, I feel like he's gotten enough exposure of the truth. Yes. So regardless if he's discussing it with me or not, I look at it as like he's just a beach, and the water just keeps coming in and going out. He's thinking about it, not thinking about right. it, thinking about it, contemplating on it. And eventually it's going to get to a point where he's just going to step in. Yeah. And I think uh, I noticed that with my daughter, we went through kind of a little little situation for a couple of years. But the second she turned 17, she sought me out. And she said, I have just noticed that. Over the years of all the situations with my mom being with different Mm -hmm, gentlemen mm -hmm. or whatever, that you're the only thing that's been consistent. And when I look at your life, I see how your life has just seems blessed. And I feel like I'm blessed every morning when I wake up. Mm -hmm. And I think just the fact of following the truth and doing what God says, let God be God and us let our emotions and our intellect get out of the way. (laughs) <laughs> right. And just let him be him. <laughs> Stop thinking about it. Yeah. I think that, you know, all in all, I think we're doing the right thing. Well, and there's one thing that you said that is so critical to this whole thing is kids, they want structure. Mm-hmm. They say the exact opposite. Oh, definitely. But they want structure. And, you know, I've asked myself this question, and long ago I did, why do they reject it openly and yet want it internally? Mm-hmm. it's because Hashem created creation with structure. Yep. And we are all from the Creator. Mm-hmm. So it's inevitable that if He created us in His image, we want structure. Whether we tell everyone about it or not is irrelevant. Subconsciously or we, not. Exactly. Yeah. We all want it. And I think that's what your, your daughter was telling you, mm-hmm. is that she has finally recognized that which she has wanted all her life. And maybe she did get it at points, maybe she didn't, maybe it was sporadic, but she recognizes what is good yep. about it, and yep. she saw it in you. That's huge. That's a, that's a great story. I, I'd love to hear uh, more about that. Uh, but listen, I, I know that uh, the crowd is filtering out, and uh, they're getting ready for Sam Peak to yep. do his lecture. So we ought, we, ought, right yeah, we ought to probably get headed over there so we can get in on some of the action. You betcha. Tim, it was great to have you on board. Thanks so much. I, oh, I really appreciate welcome, it. Ray. We'll see you out on the conference floor. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. 
My friends, I've got a very special guest here. At least she is to me. I've known her for quite a while now. Uh, her name's Teresa Kirk, and I'm so grateful that I was able to grab her because she's been running around doing a lot of work <laughs> and keeping busy. And, of course, we're all trying to get in on all of the lectures. But I wanted to grab her because, number one, we've known each other, what, a couple years, two, three years Not now? three years. Okay. We had, uh, in fact, I had Tom and Karen on the air, and we were talking about the Friday Shabbats. That's, I think, where we first met you for like the very first time. Was it one of those Shabbat gatherings, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, Russell, my husband, found uh, through the Internet, Noah High Nations, and more people in Central Texas, and right. we started communicating and then had Shabbat together. It was right. really good. Well, and of course, these conferences have helped out quite a bit, too. Oh, yes. How many have you been to now? This is my third one. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've had people here that have, I mean, we're going all the way back to the 90s, 1990, right. 1995. It's like, my gosh, I didn't even know I was a Noahide at that time. I didn't either. You know, it's just one of those things. That it's so cool to be talking to all these people and, and hearing these kinds of stories. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about, you create a Shabbat celebration item, things that Noahides can use on their Friday evening, welcoming in the Shabbat. Shabbat and things that they can use on Shabbat in a Torah study. They are challah covers and table runners that are specifically for Noahides. Yes. We started out, we were doing a feast with the group that we meet with, and we're decorating tables, and I made table runners. And they all look so pretty, and then I made a banner, and it's like the only challah covers that I could find for our Friday night's Shabbat services were... With Israel, which right. which is nothing wrong with that, and right. they're very special. But I came up and I thought, well, if I could make table runners, why couldn't we make holla covers? Most of the ones that I've made are just have the seven colors and then the solid background, and we can you can get them through Noahide Nation's website. I have made one or two for special people that have more the Jewish features to them, but and that's not to say that all you folks out there listening aren't special either. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to tell you, they are absolutely beautiful. Uh, they are available on the, the Noahide Nation's website. And some of you have probably wondered, my gosh, can, can Noahide even do Shabbat? Because I know that there are rabbis out there that say, oh, no, absolutely not. You shouldn't. You're killing your soul. Well, my friends, that's not entirely accurate. In fact, the majority of it is not accurate. We can do Shabbat. It is honoring Hashem. It is honoring creation. And what Teresa has done is helped Noahides take it to the next level by providing items that, you know, many of us have actually used Jewish challah covers because there were none available. And you have changed all of that with these beautiful things. I know we had some of them at the last conference Uh in Florida. And people really liked them. So you really need to check them out. And you're so handy. You do this so well. Do you have any ideas for uh, head coverings for the ladies? Uh, Well, I've actually started attempting head coverings. I just haven't got them perfected well enough to sell them to anyone. Ah, okay. Well, we do want them to be good. Now, I know that you guys were involved in making uh, Noah, B'nai Noah, uh, keep us. Yes. For any of us that go into a synagogue, out of respect for the Jewish people, we must wear a kippah as well. That's Not great. just the, the, the Jewish people, but yeah. we have to as well. And, you know, I thought, what a great idea. B'nai Noah, 
keep us so they can identify who we are. We believe like you, but we're no hides. We have taken the leather ones, the small leather ones, and, and uh, embroidered B'nai Noach on them in both English and in uh, Hebrew. Oh, okay. And um, they uh, are a good conversation piece. Oh, they have the colors in them as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. We've done the ones with the, the seven rainbow colors. We were able to purchase some of those and then also have gone with just like the solid blue or solid orange or well, and I have I have seen all of these uh, items, and they're absolutely beautiful. The pictures and do not do them justice. No. Sure. In fact, that's one of the f- the few times that I can actually agree with that where, you know, like when you look at a, and I'm not going to say any names, but a hamburger joint, and you go <laughs> in and you're going to order a fast food burger, and they always look so doggone good in the picture, <laughs> and you get the thing, you're like, wait a minute, I'd rather eat the picture. But in what you just said is so true, the pictures really do don't give them justice. It, it really doesn't until you actually hold it and feel the... Is it silk that you make it out of? It's, They're made out of satin. Okay. It's a very cool mm-hmm. material, and it's very reflective of, with, with all the different colors. It's, it's very neat. Now, your husband, Russell, did a lecture on not to eat the limb of a living animal. And I know that you two have gotten really involved in researching and talking with rabbis about... Noah hides eating kosher. Yes. I know that you all have a, a small ranch. For me, it would be a big ranch. But <laughs> you've got a, a ranch, and I've been out there, and you've got goats. We and, have goats and sheep. Okay. And uh, we have our donkey. And you guys have found a slaughterhouse who will slaughter these animals kosher. Yes, it's not very far from us here in central Texas, and they do slaughter kosher. And they do halal slaughter and mm-hmm. then also regular, just for the general public. And they have been doing our goats, so we eat a lot of goat meat. That's great. I remember my, my first ever bowl of goat chili. Oh, good one. Uh, my wife still has a hard time with it, but for me, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, just the idea of being able to, to eat something I'd never even eaten before. You know, in fact, I was one of the uh, people, my parents took us on a cruise when I was in high school. It was an Italian ship, and one of the dinners they had was braised ox tongue. And I must have been, you know, going out of my mind or something, you know, with seasickness or whatever. (laughs) And I had to have it. I said, oh, gosh, I'm going to try it. And that was the best thing I ever had. So, you know, to be able to try the the goat meat was really cool, and especially knowing that this is kosher slaughtered Mm -hmm. uh, right here in Texas. So that was very cool. So are you taking this to, to the next levels at all? Or I'm not even sure what the next level is. Well, the next level is we're trying to get beef and uh, do the kosher and halal slaughter for beef and then present it to the public if that is where Hashem wants us to go. So you're going to be raising the the cattle, okay, Mm -hmm. on your ranch. Yes. Very cool. I look forward to that. In fact, I'm fairly certain that uh, Mary and I would want to get in on some of that action. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about the whole seeing the slaughtering part of it, but we've been talking about doing that. I mean, we eat clean, but it is a whole other level of mitzvot to be able to do it because it is better and more healthy for you, right. number one, and number two, it does indeed bring you closer to Hashem. That's you know, true. he knew what he was talking about when he gave them those mitzvot of eating kosher. It wasn't just because they're a priestly nation; it is because of the the blood 
the life is in the blood. There's a reasons that they do this, and there are important reasons. And for us no-hides, we can kind of look at those reasons. And also, gosh, scientifically, this is a much healthier way to eat. So uh, it's good to know that there's going to be some folks that are going to be able to offer that to no-hides. Hopefully we can get a lot more of it uh, going on because I know Rabbi, it was Rabbi Richmond, right, who did a lecture on this? Yes, he uh, did a lecture on this and kind of got us thinking on these lines in confirmation through with uh, Rabbi Rob Swartz, and they decided that it is the best for us, if at all possible. Well, it sounds like you're definitely keeping it all in the family. You've got the ranch <laughs> thing going, you've got kosher butchering going, you've got the making, you know, handmade table runners, holla covers, uh, keepers, you're working on uh, head coverings for women. Banners. Uh, banners. I mean, this is just remarkable. I mean, to, to sit and think 10, 15 years ago, there was never even any talk of anything like this. Mm-hmm. Just I'm sitting here thinking about it. It's like, my gosh, I'm sitting here talking to a woman who's making Noahide holocaust. <laughs> it, you know, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be doing that. Well, uh, I feel like we need them. I agree. We need our, our own identity. We have the Jewish people which have brought us their Torah and their learning and the Noahides need to be able to do the uh, Shabbats in the way Hashem wants Gentiles to do them. Right. And this is just a little something that helps us to identify ourselves as Noahides. Right. Well, and Hashem tells the Jewish people to be set apart. Yes. And we indeed are to be set apart from them, even though uh, our, our goals and, and beliefs are the same in terms of one creator. Just our roles in achieving that goal are different, and we have to work together and yet autonomously in order for it to really work within the plan of creation. That's and you have taken a major step, so I, I compliment and commend you and want a holla cover. <laughs> I'll have to get with the wife. Well, and, you can... Uh, <laughs> Order them through Noah Hyde Nation. <laughs> Be one of the first things I check when I get back from the conference. <laughs> so, Teresa, listen, it was wonderful having you with us. I and I appreciate you taking the time and, and stopping by and saying hello to everybody. And uh, I'll see you on the conference floor. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, thanks again. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Sorry, folks, but we're going to have to call this show a wrap. We simply don't have the time to get into any of the other interviews that I have waiting in the wings. But I do want to extend a special thanks to those Noahides at the conference who participated in these interviews that you've listened to so far. And that would be Anita Jones, Frank Latito, Glenn Magnuson, George Brock, Tim Nelson, Teresa Kirk, and also the infamous Mr. R, who, as you recall, is the former Christian Bible smuggler into China. So I want to thank all those folks and and let you know it was a great conference. I was able to meet a lot of old friends, people I'd met out at the World Conference in Florida, and uh, made some some new friends as well. So I highly recommend if you get a chance to go to a Noahide conference, you really do need to go. It's really where the action's at. It's not really a matter of just learning Torah while you're there. Of course you're going to do that. But you're also going to be fellowshipping and meeting with other Noahides. And as you heard, there's a lot of activity going going on in the Noahide movement. Uh, George Brock's group is growing in leaps and bounds, and uh, Teresa Kirk and her husband are raising livestock for Noahide kosher slaughter, and Teresa's making Noahide holla covers and table runners and kippahs and working on head coverings for women. And also we heard from Wayne Simpson, who gave a lecture on his new book, Noah, Founder of Civilizations. So you really do need to get out to these 
conferences, folks. And next week, we're going to go ahead and welcome Adam back to the studios here at No Hide Nations. Uh, we're going to go ahead and break him in easy and probably just do a couple more interviews next week. And one that I want to get to is Jim Long, our former co-host here on No Hide Nations. And, of course, all this will be happening after I pry some of the details out of Adam about their honeymoon. So until then... Please always look to the heavens for your help in Hashem, because I guarantee he is always looking out for you. you love Israel and you're coming to the Holy Land, you need Israel's best tour guide. See Israel like you've never seen it before. Mayor Eisenman will take you around the country for an educational and fun experience. Each tourist gets a personally designed tour based on his preferences. The land of the Bible, the land of the Tanakh, comes alive in the hands of an energetic and experienced tour guide. Visit IsraelByMayor.com. That's IsraelByMayor, M-E-I-R, or email him directly at IsraelByMayor at gmail.com. Israel National Radio is a very unique presence on the World Wide Web, and it's worthy of your support. Even as little as $10 a month consistently given can make a difference. You receive a lot freely from Israel National Radio, so it makes sense to give something back, doesn't it? I can tell you that if all the listeners to Israel National Radio gave $10 a month each, we could dramatically expand the programming. I don't take much time on the program to talk about supporting the work of Israel National Radio, but I think it's important to show gratitude for the resources brought to you each day here. 